Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast this is episode number 16 this monday january 30th 2017 i am joe Morata. with me as always michael quinn how you doing today quinn i'm here you I'm are here, here for number 16 you are yeah the number sweet six, 16 sweet 16 that's right folks we are a sweet episode huh? <laughs> it is gonna be a sweet episode we're happy to be back with you to talk to you for the next hour hour and a half mm. about the world of retro wrestling hope you're having a good start to your day wherever you might be perhaps at work perhaps at home perhaps in the car on the car phone? No, perhaps uh, <laughs> just with your headphones in your bed. You know, what? you didn't go to work today. That would be nice, actually, yeah. wouldn't it? Headphones yeah. and bed. Yeah, headphones in your bed. Forget Netflix and chill. We've Head- got headphones and bed. Yeah, if you want to listen to this podcast and chill, do it that way. <laughs> yeah. Do I smell Next a- to your Ultimate Warrior pillow and all do that. I smell a T-shirt idea, Quinn? <laughs> I don't even remember what I just said as far as the the, the saying. So that's fine. I got it. It's on yeah, tape. Okay. Yeah. We can. We look. It's on back. the cassette. Somebody's gonna hear this though and steal the idea and make that shirt. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see what happens. Anyway, folks. Of course, as you know, if you've been listening, we have over forty years of combined fandom. Today, we're going to talk to you about some of those things we remember and some things we wish we didn't. Perhaps you're joining us because we are on the place to be nation. We're in that place. It's a nice place, it's Quinn. A, it's a nice place. It's inclusive. They love us there. It's very, very accommodating here. Yeah. I, I'm i a big fan of it. Good snack machine. Good snack machine. <laughs> good. Uh, they, I heard they're getting an espresso machine soon. Oh, man. I can't wait for that. It's going to be in the kitchen. Now, they're going to put the Swiss mix mix in there. They got to put the Swiss miss. Yeah. <laughs> Swiss they, miss. They got to get me some Swiss miss. Yes. Yeah. I need it to do this podcast. But I really need my Coke to do this podcast. Yes, you which, do. Which I have. You, you have your be Coke. Some, for the auxiliary drink. Swiss Miss. Swiss Miss, yeah. Folks, if you are listening on The Place to Be, thank you very much. If not, check it out. They got some great podcasts there. It's a great place to go to listen to wrestling podcasts. It is. It's actually the only place to be in your pop culture world. But Quinn, we're not just in that place. Oh, no. We are other places. Where are we? We are all over the interweb, as they call it (laughs) these days. Yes, they do. Um, We're on the iTunes. Yes, we are. We're on the... Google Play Music. Google Play Music, yeah. Uh, Stitcher, I yep. think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're on that. Mm-hmm. We're also on the uh, Blueberry. Yeah. Um, Who cares? Gorilla. Uh, we're also on the <laughs> FM Player. Oh, my favorite. And um, new, here's a new one. Oh, we have a new one, yeah. Uh, we won't say this every time, folks. But, no. Uh, we're on TuneIn now. TuneIn. If you need to go on the TuneIn app. You for can, whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever reason. You're, maybe you're listening to WFAN or something. You can listen to us uh, there, too. Okay. Uh, yeah, my Francesca. So. I don't. Uh, I remember uh, Bruno Sammartino, okay? I was on after Roll Derby, okay? Bobo Brazil. Yeah, Haystacks Calhoun. Uh, the guys I used to watch on Saturday morning before uh, the Roller Derby came on. Not a Hall of Famer. <sighs> Not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Any other call phone? What's up, Eddie? <sighs> Yeah, exactly. If you're listening to that, you could switch that off. Yeah, please. And listen to us. Absolutely. So we're competing with the fan now. That's right. We, we're we coming for you, Joe and Evan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, folks, 
I understand, Quinn, if you can correct me if I'm wrong. We're on that video site with the video play. Right. Um, it's called uh, video.web. <laughs> no, it's called YouTube.com. Yes, it is. It's uh, new. You can search for us yeah. over there, our vantage point. If our, you mm. want to see some um, great videos of this. Yeah, like still pictures, but yeah. it's relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah, so you actually know what we're saying when we're... Right. Because, you know, we do talk about a lot of obscure things over here. Yes, we do. Now, another thing they can do... Yes, what can they do? They can go over to the old website. Oh, yeah, we have one of those now. Web 2.0, right maybe over there. Maybe front page? Yeah, maybe front page, something like that. <laughs> uh, we have a website, ovppodcast.com. Dot com. That's right. That's ovppodcast.com. And of course, if you still use the email, we are at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. And of course, the tweeter. Our favorite. At ovppodcast. Check us out. Shout out to Marty Howell, by the way. Yeah. Random shout out to you, Marty Howell. We like Marty you. Marty is the super fan of our show. Yeah. And you know I, think I challenge the other fans to top Marty. That's our right. Our super fan. So. And of course, Bull McConnell. Love you, Bull. Love you, Bull. Forever. Yeah. All right, we're going to get started here. It is Quinn's choice today to open up the show. He is going to tell me one thing he misses. What's on the docket today, Mr. Quinn? You know what's one thing I miss? What's that? It's a thing that actually is gone. There's not any trace of it at all. Okay. I miss wrestling magazines. Yeah, good call, man. Yeah. I mean those those wrestling magazines from the eighties and nineties. Sure. I used to I was a big reader. Um I got started with the WWF magazine. I, I think that's would be did the, I. the point to start at. You probably know when that started. Didn't that start at like Victory magazine and then they yeah. changed it? In eighty four, I think it was called WWF or World Wrestling Federation Victory Magazine for the first few episodes. It was bi monthly yeah, episodes. You mean in magazines. Yeah. <laughs> or those episodes issues. issues. It was bi monthly uh, until I believe nineteen eighty seven. Now, if I recall, the Victory Magazine, not only did it have its own segment, it was somehow separate from Vince, like it, it was a a co thing. I don't know. That start. might have been the way they branded it, Quinn. I think Vince always owned it. Well, it had advertising at the championship wrestling tapings. Thank you very much, and welcome to Victory's Corner. This week, we're honored to have as our special guest, Gorilla Monsoon. There's Victory Magazine yeah. banners. Like, it's just mm-hmm. starting. It just started, in, and I believe, in early 84. Now, folks, that was the WWF's magazine, and the way they ran that magazine for years is... They were the only wrestling promotion for the most part. Yeah. It was not really acknowledged that there was NWA or WCW no. or anything for, Why would for you years. Need any other wrestling magazine right. but WWF magazine, the only wrestling as they as they said it. That's right. But the thing is, is outside of that WWF bubble, there was a, a ton of different magazines. The most notable of which were published by at the time Stanley Weston. That would be what we call today the Aptor magazine. The Aptor mags. Don't call them the Aptor mags. And I, I participated in some after oh, ragging. I loved them. I still have a ton of them right over there behind this curtain. Uh, there's some somewhere in the attic at this Hell yeah. at this home as well. We have tons of those. Uh, that would be your pro, pro wrestling illustrated, your the wrestler, inside yeah. wrestling, wrestle America. Now there was like there was like the big three pro wrestling illustrated um the wrestler. The wrestler and that inside was the, wrestling. Inside yeah, those I thought was Wrestle America like a separate not it Part was not after. No, it was after, but it was not published uh, every month. I don't think. Uh-huh. I think it might have been quarterly. I yeah. like that one a lot. Me too. I liked all of them uh, in that family. the The cool thing I liked about those is their point of view or the way they wanted to do things was act as if 
wrestling was 100% real. Yeah, it's it's 100% all kayfabed up. All the stories that are happening are real. And they would write their own, like, side stories. They would that, make stuff up. Yeah. They would make up quotes. They yeah. did so many things that... And it was all okay, but it was just so funny. They well, would nobody just seemed totally to make stuff up. No one cared. Yeah. And they were called the Aftermags because Bill Aptor was just, like, I guess the face of them. But he, he was the he, editor-in-chief on the cover or whatever. I don't even know if he was ever the editor-in-chief. but oh, he I was, thought he was. I don't even know if he was. He, he definitely was involved. But he didn't own them. He wasn't like the only guy there. And that's a misconception. Yeah. Well, he was the guy taking the pictures, right? That's he was like, definitely one of the guys taking the pictures. I remember seeing him at wrestling pay-per-views in Absolutely. the 90s and stuff. He would be at WWE and WWF. He was like the only guy who would cross over besides like wrestlers that actually defected. Absolutely. And so those were a lot of fun in a kayfabe sense. I still thumb through them every now and then. Now, Quinn, you and I got a big kick uh, back during our Christmas episode, right, or holiday the episode, of going through the catalog in the WWF magazines. But that was just an aspect of the magazines. Right, and you began to start reading a few of them. Yes, <laughs> and actually, I think that's what kind of brought this up in my head again. I, I, I had, I was a reader, believe it or not. I, 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 I maybe not have had as far back as you did, but I, you know, when I first got into wrestling, I got into WWF magazine. And, so did, yeah. You sure. know, I remember with the Sunny on the cover. March 96. That, that teal one or whatever that is. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. I, that was the other thing is the covers of a lot of wrestling magazines. The covers were always really good, no? Yeah, they were until, until like the later 90s when yeah. they stopped caring, now, yes. We, we, it would like be bad if we did not mention one of these magazines because I think there's one that doesn't get mentioned anymore. What's that? And it was one of the later ones. Oh, I know what you're going to go. Go ahead. Uh, wow, man. Yeah, Re- World of Wrestling. World of Wrestling. That was the one that after jumped to after he was done with uh, PWI and all yes, that. Yes, and the reason I liked about the WOW magazine or Wow, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. was that it was the first one that seemed to. I don't think it was really following kayfabe. It felt like it was like trying to make it yes. like we're talking about the backstage now. Yeah. Wow was kind of a mix of kayfabe and mix, real yeah. life. Yeah. And they were upfront about it. And it was very, um, not controversial, but it was notable because Bill Apter, of all people, jumped over there. Yeah. Mr. Kayfabe himself was right. now breaking kayfabe intentionally. Yeah. Very I, strange. I I remember having a couple issues, one with Goldberg on it or something. Yep. I, I don't know. There was a couple that I had, and I, I really enjoyed them. And that magazine was full color, if I recall. I was going to say that. They were full color, which is a total contrast to PWI. Right, which be, for it being a... I think a lot of people kind of grouped it in an Aftermag, but it was like the next generation of Aftermag. It was like an Aftermag on steroids. Yeah, it was awesome. That one is really good. It had good pictures because it wasn't like associated with the WWF, so it didn't have their approved shots. Yeah, it was, it was like, any any pictures that these guys could get their hands on would not, be in there. Yeah, and I know that magazine came out like right before WCW got bought, but there was a point yeah. in it where it had both WCW and WWF. Yeah, I think it came out in 99 and it lasted yeah. until about 01. Basically, once the the war was over it yep. kind of wow didn't exist anymore ah uh, yeah for the most part yeah um you're right um but back to the wwf magazines yeah go ahead um i like i was saying i like the covers i thought they were very iconic there were some iconic ones yeah i i th- another thing i always liked is the pictures were like i was kind of crapping on the pictures with wow but those pictures were very like this is high quality, right? Very high quality. I always liked, one of the things I liked about the pictures in there is when they would have pictures of the championship belts, and I thought that was the 
best like way to see the belts like they always it kind of like that's what made the championships a little had it put a little extra importance for me back then sure i understand i just love the way they were shot and looked in those magazines the magazine folks undertook a pretty extensive overhaul in the summer of 93 Mm. which became like the mid-90s format that coincided with the time that Vince Russo was brought on board. Right. And then he became the editor shortly thereafter, I think in 94. Yeah. This is the current issue of the magazine, and uh, Vince Russo, now you're the editor, right? Yes, I am. And that would actually bring us to another part of this. Yep. Um, I think a good thing to talk about would be the Raw, Raw. magazine, which was awesome. I, I loved it. I loved, uh, there was there was a couple issues. There were, The first one I remember with the Vader bomb on the cover. Is the that Gorilla Monsoon, the right? Gorilla Mon- yeah. That was a big deal. Yep. Then... What was another good one? It also had Vader the bloody eye cover. Yep, that was early '97. Or oh my god, I, that was I, awesome. I just love those magazines and I, the articles. It was cool because I was I was getting older myself, and I was instead of looking looking through the pictures at the you know at the you know at the grocery store and, <laughs> and and maybe asking my dad to get it so I could just look at them at home. You started reading now. I started reading them now because you know. I could read, obviously, even back then, but I was, you know, like <laughs> now I was. What old. is this gimmick that you can't, that you don't read? I just don't, you know, when you're a kid, you don't, you know what, you know how it is. When you're a kid, when you get magazines, you don't look, you're not really reading the articles. You're like, ooh, the pictures, right? I don't know. I read. Yeah. I, who, every kid's different, maybe. I don't That's know. That's true. I would maybe say I every got, kid's maybe different. Maybe I got to 10 or 12, and then I was like, oh, the articles are cool now. <laughs> okay. Like, so I started reading fine. them more. And, sure. You know, and, um, I just remember that they were kind of like, they almost felt like this is like not for kids. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And and that's made them cool. Like, that's like why you read the articles. The articles kind of sucked in the original kind. Like, they were more just like. They were fluff. Yeah, they were all fluff. Yeah, absolutely. The Raw Magazine, folks, was almost like the magazine for the Attitude Era. Yes. It was edgy. They should have just called it Attitude Magazine, but they didn't. <laughs> yeah. They sometimes broke kayfabe in it. They mm-hmm. acknowledged WCW, right. the war with with the WCW. You know, Ted Turner, Bischoff. That was all mentioned. Yeah, it was, that, which was very weird too. That, yeah, you're right. That was very strange. They said ass, ass. You yeah. know, <laughs> I think they had to do that because if you think about it, the war was going on, right? Mm-hmm. And the only person that could cover both ends of it was the Aftermax. Objectively, cover both ends. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? They kind of had to release Raw Magazine to kind of like be like, well, now we can kind of talk about what's going on here. Speaking of uh, the other side, did you ever read any WCW magazine? No, because I couldn't freaking find it. Where Did they Ugh. just not sell it in the Northeast or something? They, I never no, saw I, it ever. I had a couple. I think I saw it once WCW had the stupid logo. <laughs> then they finally started. So I, could, I saw the WCW magazines like on the newsstands in our local neighborhood. <laughs> in your local neighborhood yeah. grocer. Yeah. They were bad. In the July WCW magazine, Sting plans to conquer all challenges for his belt. Could not stand them. I, I tried to read them. them. I don't could know. You, they, they you're just, the only one really that could tell us because I don't know. They like. didn't have the charm of WWF magazine. Mm-hmm. They were less kayfabe though. I'll give them that. Well, that seems like an NWA thing. You know, True. like NWA was, I feel like NWA always tried to make it more sport. Sport. But that'd yeah. be kayfabing it though, wouldn't it? Kind of and kind of not. I, they were talking, WWE would talk about that there was other talent around the world. True. The thing about wrestling magazines uh, that I miss is, especially in light of, you know, the discussion about the aftermags. Yeah. 
you got so much information, even though some of it was kayfabe, but I mean, it was still like match outcomes and yes. storylines about stuff that you wouldn't know, like, like wouldn't USWA be, yeah, and wouldn't there, yeah, Smoky yeah. Mountain. Yeah, I would read about feuds that I didn't even know were right. a thing in like other federations. And, or like you'd hear about guys that maybe had been in the WWF and now they're feuding in some other organization sure. that you've never heard of in your life. Yeah, like UCWA or whatever. Yeah, I'm what making the, something up, but. And there would be, wasn't there a house show results section? Yes, there was. Yeah, which I always thought was amazing that who the hell went to these things? Like, <laughs> that's what I would always, that was the first thing I would think when I read that. Who the hell went to these shows? Yeah, I was like, do these guys like go to every in like Moosehead, like yeah, Montana and or wherever? See some USCWPWG, <laughs> whatever the hell. Like PWG. I, I, I'm just com- combining letters. I know I PWG's know. a thing, but I'm yes. I'm saying like you know you know what I mean because they be they really would be these really bizarre wrestling federation. Like they were real. Like I always feel like other than ECW 90s indie feds, nobody really knew anything what was going no. on. Like, but the cool thing is about, you know, being from the Northeast, you know, me being from Jersey, we wouldn't have really known anything about USWA or Smokey Bound because you can't see that by watching WWF. No, you wouldn't know was, shit about the it. After at mags were our only access, right? Like they really were. And, um, another thing I liked about them did you ever like their like fantasy articles like where they were like fantasy th- warfare or yeah, like, whatever like, it was? Yeah, where they would do the thing like I know the big one was like what would happen if the NWO fought the WWF yep, or something like sure, that. Sure, I used to love those. And then there was this whole thing about like Eric Bischoff versus like, McMahon. Yeah, that whole yeah, sure, thing I remember. I had that was, issue. Like, animated versions of them pointing <laughs> at each other. Or yeah, something I have that issue. It. Yeah, that I had that issue too. The green or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, that one it. is like unbelievable because it's like it's so detailed. It's like written from the perspective of somebody that knows every single aspect of it, and it's like this is what would probably happen. Bill after, yeah. you know, I mean, he was a big influence there. Yeah. Th- those magazines were great. WWF magazine was great too. It really took a dive around ninety nine, two thousand. Uh, I remember yeah. that. I remember around the time when that issue with like Oh um, god, here we go. <laughs> this is just probably I know. this is just me, but like that'll be funny. Um <laughs> around the time I, I remember an issue something with like the New Age Outlaws on the cover or something, and it was like thin. Like I just remember it getting it was yeah, like it summer of ninety eight, like Maybe, uh, around. Yeah, it. I know the one you mean. Actually, yeah, like I just remember that issue being really thin because I subscribed at that point and I was like, "This is all it is." And then I, after that, I started to notice they were getting like shittier. So you did subscribe, yeah, yeah. to WWF. Yeah, yeah, me too. Until until ninety five to two thousand one. I think. that was about as long as I yeah. Did too. It yeah. was not worth it by oh one. Yeah, yeah I don't was, even think I was reading now, it anymore. Do you recall the toilet they, paper? <laughs> Do you recall in the mid 2000s, there almost seemed to be like a resurgence? We used to see it at the 7 Eleven when we would go. Yes, this we was did. Way after. This is this like, is like when 2007 we, or when so. We were like 23 or something. Yeah. I remember we would see these, these yep. the newer version, and it was more. I felt like you could see the PG era really leak in in those later versions. Yeah, it started up around the PG era started up when we the, during it that period of like time. It was more like crosswords and like weird games in them. Like, yeah. like it's like Disney Magazine or it, something. It was like a cross between Disney and GQ or something yeah. with like lifestyle tips and like they were trying to be like some like men's magazine, but also yeah. have the kids stuff in it. It didn't really make sense. No, and it, it didn't last. Obviously, I think it just fit the mold of just average magazine from that time. Time, exactly. Rather than Very WWF magazine, like how good. And I remember also the scratch logo was in the place of the 
the WWF sure. logo that was on all of them yeah, yeah. for many years. So. Of course. Overall, I mean, I'm with you. Though. I miss them. Obviously, it's not the the time and venue for that anymore with the internet. Well, I mean, magazines are dead, right? Yeah, in general, as a, a medium, you to know. To be fair, I feel like they do write the .com in the same tradition that the WWF magazine was sure. written. Yeah, um, as they should. Yeah, I I do appreciate that. It's almost like a little nod, but they they maybe it's just continuity. I don't know. It's just it's never really changed. Like the dot com's always just to me WWF.com or WWE.com. Yeah. Uh, it's always to me it's just the magazine on the internet. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's just nothing like having that magazine come to your house each no, month, right? Yeah, with a nice cover, yep. maybe a champion or two on maybe the cover. Maybe a, a poster. Yeah. You know how I used to have yeah. all that crap on yeah. my walls back yeah, in the they day. they did have the posters, too. They did have the posters. It was fun times. I'm totally with you, Quinn. I miss the magazines, too. I miss the... I mean, the after... PWI is still published. Yeah, I, I think it was re like brought back or something like yeah, that. Yeah, someone else bought it a while ago. Yeah, Kappa Publishing, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Of course, you know. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, folks, I have nothing clever to say, so we'll be back right after this. The new World Wrestling Federation magazine is now on sale. Read about Cindy Lauper managing Wendy Richter to the top of the charts. The Ugandan giant Kamala is big game hunting in the WWF. Andre goes to Hollywood with actor Dudley Moore to make the film Mickey and Maude. Olympic strongman Ken Patera powers his way back to the World Wrestling Federation. Minnesota's Twin Cities welcomes Hulk Hogan with open arms. All this and more in the official World Wrestling Federation magazine, on sale this Tuesday at your local newsstand. You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. This is episode number 16. Hi, Quinn. Hi. <laughs> you ready for our next segment? Sweet 16. Sweet 16 here. Yeah. Okay. All right. This segment, folks, is called What Do You Think Of? I'm going to ask Quinn what he thinks of something, and this is a doozy, Michael. Oh, boy. What did you think of Mike Adamley? <laughs> Mike Adamley. Oh, yeah. boy. Jess the, Harvey himself. Jess Harvey? What did I think of him? <laughs> Name is Jess Harvey. Yeah. He was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he, wow. Okay. I, I he didn't was expect bad. Mike Adamley. Yeah. Mike Adamley was probably the worst thing they ever had. Like, would you would you say worst on, one of the worst on air people? I would probably... say just thing in general. Like, he's just terrible. He was. Yeah. Why? Um, Why was he so bad? I don't get it. It's like, didn't he have like TV experience yes! beforehand? <laughs> he hosted American Frickin' Gladiators, didn't he? The host for American Gladiators, Mike Adamley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's pretty retro himself. <laughs> American Gladiators. Jeez. Well, hey. Um, well, with Mike Adamley, right? So, like, his first thing, the first time we see him on WBF, he mispronounces Jeff Hardy's name. That's his first, his first word is, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. He's just like looking into the sky. The first of all, I feel like that's like a cardinal rule of TV. Like, you don't not look at the camera when, like, you're first on, right? Wow. Yeah, it's, wow. <laughs> wow. It was like... At the Royal Rumble 06 or something 08, like that. 08. And it was like he was a tourist at the Royal Rumble. Like, yeah, it was like, who is this guy? Looking at the Empire State Building yeah. for the first time. And Jess Harvey, <laughs> that's the first... And his name is Jess Harvey Hardy. Yeah. His name is Jess Harvey. <laughs> and that he had a live mic to the crowd. Yes. The whole arena, and I think that was MSG. Oh my in god. In 08. It was Everyone so heard him. He was fucked 
Nine <laughs> seconds in. Oh, my. He never recovered from that. He got worse. It, it kept getting worse. Elevation on the dick. Who decided to put him on commentary? With Taz and who was? It was Taz. He replaced Mike Adamley, whatever you think of him. He replaced Joey Styles. Oh, my God. On ECW. Yeah, that was bad. Oh, man. And that was when ECW was getting into that whole Bobby Lashley era. Yeah, Bobby Lindsay, Lindsay <laughs> as, as President Trump would say. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, Mike Adamley would say the stupidest. First of all, he called Taz the Taz. I'm Mike Adamley alongside the Taz. Yes, always. And Mike the Miz. Do yeah, which that? no one called him that yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. Remember remember Mike the Miz? Yeah, Mike the don't. Miz. We yeah. still call him that sometimes because yeah. of Adamley. Adamley so. <laughs> I guess that's his legacy. I mean, we've had many good commentators over the years. We've had many bad commentators over the years, yeah, too. Yeah, sure. But- You're Tard Grishams. You're <laughs> Tard. Yeah, Tard Grisham. Yeah. Turd Grisham. You're Craig the George, you know, whatever. You know, your various boys. On a right? side note, do you remember the time Todd Grish? No, maybe it wasn't Todd Grisham. Who, Josh Matthews. His nose was bleeding. His nose was just bleeding. Matt Stryker just had to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he kind of like leave off air for? He like, kind of just like fades away for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but I mean, even even Josh, that, <laughs> even Josh, who is awful on TNA, also he wasn't bad with Matt Stryker in WWE he wasn't though. Bad. He was never good. He just was there. He's not another boy. Didn't they win a Slammy, those two? Him and Stryker for best commentary team? Did they? I think they did. That's because everyone loves Stryker. He was good until he Vince was, ruined him. He was good until he started being like a fanboy. That was like his character. Yeah, that's like, Vince, though. You yeah, know that. That was stupid. Yes. But, but back to Adam Lee here. Who the fuck? Why was he on TV? I don't know. I really don't. And it, he was well, well, was he on a go- taped show, and he still sounded that bad. Imagine what they edited out. So, did he do the news or something, like, before that or something? I swear that's where he, he does the news now somewhere. Oh, man. Why would anyone hire him after he failed so bad on WWF? I've watched clips of him. There's one where, like, his tooth falls out or something. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's real. Wait, on the news or on <laughs> yes, WWF? On, on the news. Oh, my God. Where he has, like, braces and he can't talk right. I don't know. There's so many problems with him. The absolute latest on the Bears' head coaching search. And he seems like he really does seem like a nice, well-meaning guy. Yes, He's a football player. He just seems terrible at his job. <laughs> Very I mean, bad. Okay, so do you recall he got so bad, right? And then I think they thought that if they changed his yes. role that he would get better or something, but he just got even worse. Remember when he became the GM? Yes, and did you know, Quinn, he botched that because as Shane McMahon was announcing it with all the suspense... Adam Lee got up and went into the ring before it was even announced. <laughs> like, way too early. Aw. He just, he couldn't do anything right. And do you remember when they tried to make that he couldn't do anything correctly, like his, his gimmick? gimmick? yeah. That was, I feel like he got, he was bad at that. Like, <laughs> like bad at fake being bad. He botched. Because he just was bad. I swear like, that guy botched everything he did until the day he resigned as GM. The day, the resigning was actually kind of funny, if I remember. He just kind of, like, got really fed up, and it, like, made sense. Yes. Like, like the... Basically. Wh- what? Okay, I'll walk everyone through this, You want to okay? go through the history, because I think we yeah, it's I a think short we story. Yeah. So, his first appearance, folks, was January of 2008, as we mentioned, at the Royal Rumble. And right off the bat, he's wow, and he's botching Jeff Hardy's name, right? Right. Wow. Horrible. 
at his February pay-per-view, I think he said W-E-D-F instead of WWE. John Cena is looking to reclaim the WWE championship. <laughs> how? This is real. I don't know how. He just did. There's a lot of best of Adam Lee clips. That would probably be the best way. Yeah, there, to there really are. experience it if you're looking, if you don't know who the hell we're talking about. Yeah, this will be the Cliff Notes. The Cliff Notes the version, cliff notes, yeah. as Dusty would say. Yeah. Cliff. Uh, so, the, by the spring of 08, someone had the bright idea, probably Kevin Dunn, to... He's, he, he's a real winner. To replace Joey Styles, you know, the longtime voice of ECW. Yeah, well, this was when they wanted to make ECW just shitty for some reason. Like, I swear, I can't really think of anything else they wanted to do there but make ECW shitty. Like, oh, it's good because it has CM Punk. Like, do you remember that? Yeah. And then, like, you know, I got a good idea. Let's make it shitty and make Bobby Lashley, Lindsay, whatever you want to call him, the champion. It also had fucking, like, what was the vampire guy? Like, Kevin Birch? What was his name? No, um, uh, Kevin uh, Steen. What was it? Kevin Torn? Torn Striker? Thorn. Thorn. Kevin Thorn. That was his name. It had Elijah and it, Burke and, and it didn't like Elvira manage him or whatever. Yeah, someone like, like that. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. Anyway, so Mike Adamley becomes the voice of this with the Taz. The Taz. Jamaican me crazy. You know, oh, ever yeah. <laughs> Jamaican me Kofi. crazy. Jamaican me crazy. So many comments. Reach out and touch somebody, Michael. Yep. And I I feel like that had something to do with the sponsor for that night, and he was just he had that in his head, so he wanted to say it. I don't know. By like 1-800-COLLECT or some shit. Was that a round in 08? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that shit carried over a long 100 You can do a whole thing about, um, like, just sponsors of the WWE. Skittles. Yeah, like people that just never Stride went away. X. Yeah, Stridex. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, Gastrol GTX. <laughs> like KVC, JVC Kaboom Box. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but that shit was like in Adam Lee's head, and that's probably why you I, said reach out and touch somebody. I don't know what was in his head, but whatever whatever it was, it didn't come out the right way, no, no. matter what. Yep. So he's doing this for a few months, and then they stage this thing where he gets up and walks out on Taz. Right. Because he's so horrible at commentary. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was more he was upset that people were busting him, right? Because then the announcers got in on the act. Right. Like, the other people with him, and the joke was he sucked, basically. Yeah. Which wasn't really a joke as much as the truth. Yeah, and we were watching then. It wasn't, like, funny, really. It was bad. At first, it was funny. At first. At first, it was funny, and then you're like, you kind of, you did kind of feel bad for him after a while. Yeah, like, it wasn't like, like, this isn't nice. No. Like, it's just like Vince, like, signed him to, like, a contract, and now he just wants to have to use him. Well, now he just wants to torture him for a year or <laughs> however long he had to be there. I don't know. I do know that when they made him the GM, you and I saw that episode, and we watched that together, and we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is this guy the GM? And you know what? I think I gave it a chance because I thought, okay, this might be funny. But it then, wasn't. It wasn't because it was. The problem is, by the time we got to that point, like we were saying, it was already played out that the he sucks gimmick. Yeah, the thing I do, I do remember that was funny is when he was lecturing Kane about not carrying a mask oh, yeah, around because about something with kids it'll scare the kids. <laughs> yes, yes. It's time to stop fooling around. We need to get to the bottom of this, and we need to get to the bottom of it right now. Kane, don't bring this mask around. <laughs> It'll scare uh, 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 kids, yeah, you know, or yeah. whatever, because he can't talk. Yeah, he can't ever talk. So Imagine then, him on a podcast. No. <laughs> Actually, it'd probably be better than some of the other podcasts. 
Well, you, c- you can't see him, so that would help. Hi, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> this is a really good podcast. Raw was really bad last night. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Quinn, did you know we are the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world? Oh, are we? We are. That's interesting. I know. I didn't make that up. That's just the truth. You know, Mike Adamley would, like, screw up that line <laughs> right there. The fastest, um... Epis- the the highest ro- <laughs> highest grossing, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So he got into this feud with Randy Orton. Yeah, he slapped Randy Orton, and the next week he resigned, and that was yeah, it. I- in the midst of this, Vince McMahon died or something again. Remember the second time he died? Oh, when the... Paul, limo- I can't feel my legs. Oh, oh, when the stage collapsed on him, yes. Paul, I can't feel my legs. Yes, Paul, Paul, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> Paul, you okay? Paul, you all right? You all right? Okay? Don't I move. Can't feel my legs. Don't move. I didn't realize Adam Lee was still around yes. when that happened. He was. How long did this last? Like a year? long. Was it a year? He resigned, I think it was November 3rd, 2008. So he was there from January to November of 08. Wow. He won it out i would want out if i was yeah him. he kind of just it kind of felt like at that point it was like it was just almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that anything he would do would be shitty and that like, turned out to be true yeah it, it did it was really sad actually it was because like, again well-meaning guy you can know he wasn't like a nice bad guy. person he just wasn't he shouldn't have been there no and this all goes back to vince always wanting some polished dark-haired Middle-aged mm-hmm. or younger, younger middle-aged TV guy as the voice of right. the WWF. Adam Lee was just another, you know, Sean Mooney or whatever. Todd Pettengill. Todd Pettengill. Michael Craig Cole. DeGeorge, Todd Grisham. Yep. All those guys. Yep. Yep. He always wanted to replace Fat JR. Yep. And even like Phillips now. Tom Phillips. Yep. Like Tom he, Phillips. Yeah. All these guys that just. What? Rich Brennan wasn't good enough? I don't. That's. You know my take on that. Yeah, I don't want to get you rolling on that. You don't want to get me started on fucking Tom Phillips. (laughs) Okay, okay. That's all I'll leave it at, but... But as far as Adam Lee's concerned, it's almost like you can't blame the guy, but you kind of can, because he shouldn't be that bad if he's in that field. Yeah. Broadcasting, I mean. No, I mean, like, at the end of the day, with his, like, resume... He should have been able to just slip right in there. So it's one of the most baffling things that's it, ever happened in wrestling. Maybe it was the pressure. Maybe it was just live because it, he was more used to uh, like a studio setting. True. Not just like in front of a crowd. Per right. Se. Okay. But like, live TV. Maybe live TV was fine. But when that's you're in a studio and it's being, you know, taped live. Okay. I understand what you, you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I it's do. Not, you're not in front of a crowd. I think he couldn't handle a crowd. Maybe that's what it was. It was a shame, too, because he actually, when he was on commentary, I've said this before, I feel like, he had a pretty good voice. He had the, he had the voice right? for it, yeah. He had the voice. No, he did. He it, just... He, the things he said with that voice. <laughs> I think a lot of it, too, was he was trying to be clever, and he just couldn't, like, deliver that. It's just like, he was awkward. He was a little awkward, yeah. Yeah, and, he, and I think he was aware of his awkwardness at the same time. He stumbled and stammered and yeah. slipped up and just stuff you can't do on live TV. Right. Now, we're no prizes here. I mean, no. We're not on live TV. No, yes, we are. This is live January 30th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is very live right now. With, but we're not Adam on live Lee, TV and we're Adam, not good enough yeah, to do that. With Adam Lee, you can't edit him at all. Well, the thing is, is that, like I said, he was on the taped shows. Right. Like When he did commentary on SmackDown, God knows what they edited out of that. Now, okay. To be fair, I remember a lot during that era when SmackDown was taped or whatever. And ECW. And ECW. Yeah. 
and it was mind-boggling what they wouldn't edit out. So I, I have a feeling Vince didn't like it to be edited. I don't think so, Vince watched ECW. No, but my point is Vince almost had the policy on his tape shows that he didn't really want much of it edited. He wanted them to be presented like Raw. So it'd be baffling why he wouldn't edit certain things out. Right. But he wouldn't for whatever reason. For whatever reason. And it, it almost was used as a way to get rid of people sometimes, I felt, too. It was like, <laughs> oh, they screwed up. Oh, you could have just edited that. It's like a minor screw up. Right. But why is it in the show? Yeah. You well, know? thankfully, we're not inside the mind of Vince. Yeah. It was really, really weird. Overall, I'm Mike Adamley. What's your final verdict here? Um, He shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Nice guy, but yep. he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, really. I agree with you. Yeah. I, th- I think that it was just a, a misfire on all parties. I agree. Him wanting to work there or, or accepting a job there and Vince thinking that he should have been. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. I, I really, I am i don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either because he should have been better than he was. Yeah, he really should have, but I... Yeah. This is one of the stupidest things ever. It really but, was. Yeah. It really was. So yeah. before we go to our next segment here, I just want to remind you folks to check us out on the Twitter at OVP Podcast. Yeah. You can email us if you still use the old email. At, uh, what is that email? <laughs> OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. We're here on the Place to Be Nation. If you aren't listening to us there, head on over to that place. Mm-hmm. It's a good place. It's not far away. It's a solid uh, place. Yeah, Quinn and I drive there every every time we podcast. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And uh, we want to thank Scott Keith for being on with us a few days ago for our Royal Rumble special. Yeah, thanks, Scott. It was a great time. Great time I as a always. fun time. Always. As I usually do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always fun talking to Scott. Yeah. And Quinn, where else are we in case people need to find us on something? Well, we're on the uh, iTunes, uh, the Google Play Music. Mm-hmm. The Stitcher. Yep. Uh, now on TuneIn. TuneIn. Blueberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Player.fm. Player.fm, <laughs> yeah. I, that's the one I, I can't remember. We're not on MySpace. <sighs> Fuck. Never. Damn um, it. Oh, and we have a quest to knock uh, Colt Cabana down in the uh, iTunes rankings. Yes, we do. We got to get him out of there. So you got to leave us a review, folks. Yep. If you I, want to. I, somebody's got to be Cole Cabana. Somebody has to. We'd, we'd appreciate that. Yeah, you, you can't be champion forever on iTunes. Three years is a long time yeah. to be champion. As, as Andre, Andre once yeah. said, yeah. <laughs> Three years to be a champion. It's a long time. All right, folks. It's time for our next segment. This will be handled by Mr. Quinn. He's going to tell me one of his favorites. What do you got? One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I want to cover another big name like we did with the Macho Man. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, I like that. So I'm thinking... A big name this time mm-hmm. that we have not covered in full. Okay. Ric Flair. Oh, man. You're going to make me do yes. this, huh? <laughs> I thought this would be interesting because I know you're... you're I'm not the biggest Ric Flair fan. You're up and down with Ric Flair. Correct. I don't I don't think he's bad. Let me get that out there first yeah. and foremost. I don't think he's bad. I love him. I recognize his contributions to wrestling. Right. I recognize him as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time would you say he's um not the greatest but like in the top five north american right yeah like yeah (laughs) stop yes he's in the top five yeah i i I would say he is yeah i agree um yeah i don't know that i would call him the greatest in my opinion no not Um, in your opinion not my opinion i wouldn't say he's the greatest in my opinion either but i think that what he did is so important to the business like he could not like as far as like if there was like a question of him being in the hall of fame no question oh of course yeah yeah. 
Definite um, Hall of Famer. Definite, you know, quote-unquote living legend. Yeah. I mean, he's he's probably bigger than Bruno San Martino as far as living legends is concerned. <laughs> and Larry Zbysko. Yeah, well, yeah, anybody's <laughs> bigger. I'm bigger than Larry Zbysko. <laughs> But um, I don't know. Do you want to start? Let you want to go through Rick's career a little bit here? Sure. I mean, he got into wrestling, I believe, in 1971 or 72. And yeah, in the very beginning, the first couple of years of his career, he was more of a power style wrestler. Yeah, he was bigger, much bigger than the Ric Flair that we know. I've seen pictures. Yeah, he had brown hair. Didn't he have a mustache too for a while? Yeah. He was more of like a. Um, I know that he really liked. Uh, Dusty Rhodes. He Rhodes. wanted to be Dusty. He wanted to be Dusty I, Rhodes. To the point where I believe he wanted to call himself Rambling Ricky Rhodes. Yes, you're correct. Good yeah. call, Quinn. That's right. Um, he, and um, I believe he trained under Vern Gagne. He was in the with um, Ken Patera. He was yeah. He was in that AWA class with Sheik and like the barn or whatever. The Vern Sheik, did, yeah, whatever the barn that with, the, was. with that fucking video or, or whatever that is. Maybe it was his horse AWA, stable. Yeah, from the AWA DVD. Yep. The style of wrestling <laughs> that we're doing is professional wrestling. What? Like, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> what, 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 where did these guys think they are in boxing school? Like, what the fuck is that video? What's funny about it is it's redundant. He'll go. He first goes. The style of wrestling yeah. we're doing here is professional wrestling. <laughs> That's what? the style. It's like allow myself to introduce myself. Like <laughs> I'm going to kick your leg out of your yeah, leg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I know that he got started in that vein where he was more of like a big, like almost like a Ken Patera type. Yeah, big power well, kind of a guy. That's another thing about him is if. It wasn't for Ken Patera, there would be no Ric Flair, believe it or not. Yeah, Patera recommended him to Vern, right? He was a room- he was his roommate. Yep, there you go. They were roommates mm-hmm. um, right out of, I bo- I think they both, w- he was out of the Olympics and Ric Flair was done with college. And yeah, they, they were lived, in their early 20s. They knew each other. Yep. And they just lived with each other. And, you know, Ken Patera said, why don't you come to wrestling school with me? So he did. So he did. Now, he was in that plane crash in, I believe, 74 off the top of my head. And with- that's the divider in his career. Really? Yeah. Um, Johnny Valentine was in that plane crash as well. I believe it ended his career. It really screwed Flair up. It broke his back. Yes, it did. It actually physically broke his back. It did to the point where for the rest of his career, if you notice, he never took a back bump. He always took him on his side. Now, yes and no. I know um, there's a famous story that I think he told of um, he wasn't allowed in the ring and one of the Japanese wrestlers prepared him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he just kept slamming him on his back over and over again until he would take the back bump properly. Yeah, but in WWF and like his later career in WCW, he always took it on his side later. Yeah, I mean, you see, yeah, it's almost like an instinct. Yeah. It's not like he's not trying to yeah. take the back bump. So, you know, whatever. I mean, he was fine as far as the rest of his physical. Absolutely. Um, and in but fact, it changed his style. It changed his style. And I will say about Rick, I know a lot of people, um, you know, people notice... I think a lot of people give him crap for what he looks like as far as his physical um, appearance. When? Now or then? It, he always had like a more a smaller chest than so most wrestlers. He wasn't huge or anything like that. But I've always heard that he was one of the most well-conditioned yeah. wrestlers to ever wrestle. His period. cardio, his stamina. People like praise him for years. The guy used to do like 200 Hindu squats when he woke up every morning or something. E- even grumpy Bret Hart, you know, yeah. in his book, praised Flair for even that. Even in his old age because of his conditioning. That's really why he was able to go for so long. Absolutely. That's one of the things about him is he had longevity. But back to his earlier career. So he comes, he recuperates from that plane crash, 
And that's where the Ric Flair that we know starts to settle in little by little. Yes. The, the nature boy. The nature boy. You know. And adopted from Buddy Rogers, of I course. I love Ric Flair's gimmick. I think he does what he does, that style of gimmick. Like, I'm a rich guy and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm better than I'm a than womanizer, basically. Yeah, and that's what it was. It, he did that gimmick better than anybody ever. You're talking to the Rolex wearing diamond ring wearing kiss stealing woo wheeling dealing limousine riding jet flying son of a gun i i can't think of anyone i mean when you think of those types like a ravishing rick rude or uh, sean michaels Shawn even. michaels nothing comes close to rick flair tully blanchard tully blanchard yeah, yeah i agree rick flair was the best at that gimmick yeah he was he i don't think it will ever be topped and visually he was a very interesting guy for even for back then i mean greg valentine very similar looking with the robes and everything yeah but rick flair was thinner i thought he <laughs> i thought he looked better like as, a, greg as valentine, a yeah yeah, uh, yeah just as a you know whatever like he just looked better greg valentine looks better now (laughs) (laughs) rick flair looks like cauliflower and he doesn't look good well he's also wrestled a lot longer than greg valentine so i can't i think they're about the same no no rick come on he's on him by 10 years more no definitely they started around the same time, early 70s. Regardless, Ric Flair's longevity is yes. something he's known for. Something Absolutely. that makes him makes him Ric Flair. Yeah. Um, as far as his career trajectory, he, you know, he developed the Nature Boy gimmick in the late 70s. Yes, he did. And he, I think he was, a, he was a U.S. champion. He was, a, you know, mid-card champion yeah, in the for late quite 70s, a while. He feuded with Steamboat in the late 70s. Wahoo that was their McDaniel first feud. Wahoo. Was a, was a big feud for him. He was a tag team with Greg Valentine for a while right. as heels. Which makes sense. Absolutely. Me. So he migrates his way up to the world title status around 81, I believe it and was, right? And that's when he started working for the Crockett's exclusively, yes. I believe. That's where he really made his name, under the Crockett's. Yeah, I um, agree. He was just unbelievable on the mic. That's the stuff in the Crockett's I remember the most. And this studio, looking at a guy out here hollering my name, when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. He was wonderful on the mic. I mean, very the, entertaining. Those, those WCW Saturday nights or, you know, world championship wrestling, as it was called. Mm-hmm. His promos are, like, the best thing I've ever seen. Like, they make an entire show. Now, I can't help it that I'm custom-made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. Like, when your promos are so good that that's the reason you watch a show, you know, like... Sure. This guy's something special. Absolutely, and if he had been on a truly national stage, I know it was a cable station, the super station, whatever, but, like, really, it wasn't, like national national in terms of like the northeast wasn't really watching as much of that no they didn't he wasn't that's because he wasn't performing live in the northeast very rarely i mean he did go to wwwf sometimes yeah in the late 70s yeah but by the time we're talking about no i by mean the time he wasn't world champion there. status and the moment that made him um the man i would say was his second world title reign defeating harley race Starcade at 83. Starcade 83 yeah. On a pay-per-view stage. That was like, that cemented him yeah. as Ric Flair. That cemented him as, yeah, the best in the business. And from there, he would go on to turn heel again, right? Feud with Dusty. He was always turning up heel, and down turning For face. his whole career. Yeah. Um, his whole damn career. Primarily, he was heel. I primarily. Would say. Um, he had some face I always, runs. I always, yeah, he did. I always thought it was interesting that WCW or NWA under the Crockett's Jim Crocker promotions 
was centralized around a heel rather than a face. Totally different business model, right? Interesting. I, I think that's a nice like juxtaposition to the, the WWF at the time. Yeah, that's a fair point. Vince Sr. and Jr.'s model was have a big virtuous heroic face that would get in trouble once a month maybe and then have the big rematch and beat the heel. Right. And they did that from Bruno to Morales to Backlund to Hogan, etc., etc., etc. Whereas the Crockett's, the idea was have the faces chase the heel champion over and, and over and over again. And come within an inch every single time. But it did make whenever Ric Flair... And, and we know how many title reigns Ric Flair. It's not like Ric Flair was always the champion. No, and he would put people over. The guy did not give a shit who he lost to. He put people... He put Ronnie Garvin over yeah, in 87. Yeah, doesn't care. I that I have always admired that about Ric Flair. Yeah, and that he wasn't a big idiot as far as that was no. concerned. Well, because he was smart. Yeah. He knew what was going to be, be, I hate to use this phrase, best for business. But he did. He did. He did. He knew that he had to lose, unlike Heel Hogan, right? <laughs> <laughs> he knew that he had to fucking lose to make any money whatsoever, right? Yeah, he had you to can't just endlessly win. Yeah, right. He also knew that he had to look like shit against the faces. Yeah. Like, that they had to beat the sh like tar out of him all the time. And he helped make people's careers. You could argue he helped make Ricky Steamboat. Yes, he, he made helped Sting. make Sting. Lex Luger wouldn't be the name that he is mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Ric Flair. Yeah, I would say even um, the whole NWO, this is going to sound weird, but the whole NWO, really what it was was a rejection of the whole Flair deal, right? The Yeah, um, in in essence, it was. Right? It was It was that, no, these are heels that have no respect. If Flair was the establishment, yeah. then the NWO was rebelling against that establishment. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. And Flair, you know, ironically, had been the one in the mid-80s, 10 years before the NWO, the, to have the anti-establishment, like, we do what we want, fuck you. And that's another thing about four Flair. Four Horsemen. I think, yeah, the Four Horsemen. This is another th Flair thing. Um, the Four Horsemen, to me is actually one of the better um, stables ever. Yeah, um, and if there was no NWO to counteract that, I would say it's the best. Yeah. Honestly. They, they're really, they're they're off the charts. I like it because it's not a million people. Yeah, it's four. And but it made it elite. Like, it was like, the NWO would talk about, oh, we have like a A squad, right? Yeah, like, but then they have like, fucking Mike Rotunda yeah, in there. Yeah, and then Scott Norton's in there. Ray Trailer. It's like, no, you had to like earn your like, right to be picked into the four horsemen it's not like they would pick these like guys that were like i love that arn anderson a guy that's seemingly kind of average looking mm -hmm. but because he was a, such a tough guy that rick flair would be like no i want this guy right it's like he's got something special he was there until the end of the horseman yeah and i like tully blanchard tully I, was like mid-card rick flair too he was mid they were like rick similar flair. people they were similar you could see the same frame of mind and that's what i liked about it too it also had an air of like these guys are friends these guys are friends it's they got just, each other's backs yeah this isn't just some weird alliance yeah and it was also like they had rings together and things like that you know what i mean like actual physical rings that they would yeah, wear like sure. i was like this is cool like it's it's, it's almost like they're like hall of famers together or something you know? yeah they were elite like yeah. you said now the horsemen obviously had their run into the late 80s until uh tully and arn left yeah for wwf flair kind of you know by 89 after the steamboat series which i would say is his last great wrestling um like in-ring stuff 
Well, there's a few from WWF and back when he got right. back to WCW, but that's like his the height of or the tail end of his peak. Right, was eighty nine, I'd say. Yes, and he does have a, a like a renaissance of sorts in the WWF, which we'll get to in a sec. Yeah, so he leaves in in the summer of ninety one. Right. Jim Hurd had some issues with him, which Flair. I can never understand. His meal ticket was Ric Flair, what right? F- like, what the fuck? Now, like, I'm sure it's more complicated than than we think and we know. Yeah, and I don't think we have time to dig and into all the the politics of that. But but the bottom line was is it resulted in Flair debuting in WWF in September of 1991. And I this is one of the best debuts. I love the whole idea of the real world's champion. Yep, and we spoke briefly about this a few days ago with Scott. Yeah. Where Bobby Heenan now is his manager. Mm-hmm. The best of the best. Yes. Perfect match. Because Ric Flair only deals with the best of the best. Right. He wouldn't let Jimmy Hart. No. Mr. Hell no. Fuji, are you kidding me? No. Never, never, ever. Maybe, Bobby maybe Heenan classy Freddie Blassie if it was earlier or something. That would make but, sense. Like, yeah, but that's about it. I mean, yeah. Bobby Heenan was the guy to manage right, Ric Flair right. in WWF. And of course, I love that he storms in. Yeah. And what's their whole MO is he's got the, the NWA belt with them. Yep. And he's like, Hulk Hogan. I'm coming for you, I'm babe. coming for you. Yeah. I'm better than you. Yeah. You can't beat me. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've talked about at ad nauseum, I felt like last time. But yeah. That it just didn't work out. They didn't really do that. Wasn't they, meant to be, I they, guess, right? They would eventually fight each other down the line, but mm-hmm. uh, not in the WWF. No, well, not on the major scale. It was televised house shows, but yeah. not on the pay-per-view, nothing like that. Yeah, and and we had talked in, in one of the episodes, too, about Flair's WWF run, about how it might have not been the best. It, but it wasn't, but of course it gave us a great Royal Rumble. It gave us a great Royal Rumble, a great um, WrestleMania match at eight. And honestly, the title match where he dropped it to Bret Hart, very good match. Very good. Very good match. And, and he put over Bret Hart like guess Ric Flair will put over anybody. I don't give a shit. And on his way out, he loses he loses a career match or a loser leaves town match to Kurt Hennig. Yep. Puts him over. Great match yep. on Raw. Yep. And then he's back in WCW. He um he does the that's like the tail end of his career. I like the I like being with Sherry. That was fun. In ninety four, yeah. yeah. He was a face in ninety three. He reformed the horseman, if you remember, but yeah. it was a crappy version with uh, Paul Roma. <laughs> Paul Roma who claims to be the real Rick like, Flair or the something. Rick Flair of now or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. He's an idiot. Yes. He's um, a real idiot. And then he then what happens is kinda weird. He gets into one last feud with Steamboat in, in mid ninety four for old time's sake. Yeah. And they're both faces, but Flair's just Flair, so he's not really a face, you know, yeah, like yeah, he yeah, is, yeah. but he's not. Yeah, and Ricky Steamboat could never be a heel. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> Hogan signs at WCW, so they turn Flair heel, and they make it happen. They finally do it, but... Bash at the Beach 94. I will say, as much as it was nice in the build-up and making Flair look important again... And it was a big deal, for yeah. WCW especially. That was a big deal. And it was the match people, everybody wanted to see. And it did and a huge buy rate. Did he, it should have done a huge buy rate. It should have happened at WrestleMania 8, but whatever. It's a decent match, too. It's a decent match, but that's really, to me, the point when they really decide that Flair is no longer the money. The money guy. The, or the, the guy. The guy. The guy at all. Now they yep. have Hogan. Yep. Not room for both of them. Yep. And I don't want to retread over his, you know, once the NWO came and all this. And we, we kind of talked about how no. like it was a it was a turning on. And then there was all this yeah. politics and they kicked Ric Flair out briefly in real in life. In real life in 98. Yeah. The bottom line is after 96, after that last run with like Elizabeth and woman and the few with Savage. Yeah. After that, Ric Flair is almost a non-factor. 
Right. In a he, lot of ways. He, he, I mean, they make him the president and, and he's, then being, he's just stupid all the time. Well, to be honest with you, the only thing with that wore a shirt <laughs> when he wrestled. The only thing, the boobies. only thing with that is that literally it always, it always was funny to me that when WCW was down in the dumps, who do they pull out of the fucking mothballs to like be entertaining and kill time on the show? Rick fucking Flair. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And, and, and even though they didn't want to do that, they, I don't know if he wanted to do that. I don't even you know? think he wanted to do that. But just to close it out, um, he did go to the WWF and in 01, late 01. 01. Um, I, you know, it's an, it's an, it's more of a just Ric Flair's around kind of thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> Quinn, you and I watched the last year or two of his career together in 07 and It was 08. more of a farewell tour. If it you was, me. and you know I could not stand it when he would come on the screen. You didn't like it. I, I to didn't. me, I knew he was on his way out the door, and I was just like... I know, but I wished he wasn't in the door anymore. I wish he was <laughs> gone already by then, because it was embarrassing. It was, it was a nice thing to do for all the contributions he made to the business. Fine. I think his retirement is one of the single best wrestling retirement ever. Yeah, I know. You like it a lot. Um, I have no emotion Leave the memories it. alone. All I have that. zero emotion. I appreciate it. I was crying, really. I, re- I really was. Like, I didn't watch that Raw with you. You were crying? I was really like, it really choked me up. I, I was... Because just the whole, they brought out, like, everyone from his career, and I, I just... This is really nice, you know? Like... You cried? Yeah. I never I, and see I don't that. cry at anything. I've no need It really got it really ch- yeah, 17 years. Yeah, it really choked me up the the whole Ric Flair thing. Listen, I appreciate that and I, I understand anyone that has an emotional attachment to that match or to Ric Flair in general. I don't personally, but I'm not putting him down. No. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. Object. I'm being yeah, objective. Whatever you think of him, he just is. Personal he, opinions yeah. aside, everything. Yes, he is one of the greatest of all time. Not yeah. my personal favorite, but I will give him this. We mentioned his longevity. He had it. Yep. His conditioning. His willingness to put people over again, even if it was just because it was a good business decision. Yeah. He did it. His in-ring he work was it. good, too. His in-ring in work prime. was good. In his prime. Yeah. Um, um, his promos... His promos were great, that especially in the prime. Yeah, uh, until the mid nineties, and he could still cut a promo. I mean, I the, guess. even when he was old, I love the the segments with Gene. Just and you do, I don't. You know, you know him elbow dropping a coat and I don't calling like people fat boy in the crowd was always. I think it's stupid, entertaining. But you're, but you're every everything anyone is free to like that. I totally understand. Yeah, I don't think he's the greatest wrestler in ring of all time. I think his psychology sucks, and I think he looks stupid, <laughs> and it's he's very business and exposing those are, in the those ring are sometimes. Fair opinions. Yeah. I don't like the flare flop or the flare flip and a lot of that. And crap. a lot of that stuff came after the fact. It wasn't during his prime. It was more no, just. To, it, it was, was more 90s. to be entertaining and fun. I get it, and yeah. I'm not saying it's horrible. Yeah. I just don't personally like it. Yeah. But the guy had a charisma that is off the charts. Yep. You'll I, never see it again. Really, it's it, that yeah. only comes with allowing the wrestlers to do their thing yeah. and not controlling everything. Oh yeah, there could never be someone like Ric Flair existing in WWE today because of the environment. Right. It can't happen. Yeah, Rick earned his place, and he and he worked his ass off. Worked his ass off, and he continued to maintain his place because he was allowed to do what he was good at. Absolutely, yeah. and for that, and for his his stellar career, for the money that he did draw. And again, I don't get involved in all the numbers and who drew up, but I know that people cared about him, mm-hmm. and I know that people paid to see him. They whether still it, care about him, even retired, they still keep up on him. He's still a name. He's yeah. still got a presence. He's still got a legacy, and for that, uh, I will, you know, appreciate. I will, I will tip my cap. Yeah. Back after this. 
Can I get one of those woo tickets? Excuse me? One of those woo tickets. It's not woo, it's woo! 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 Introducing Ric Flair's new woo! Scratch off ticket for the North Carolina Educational Lottery with a top prize of $100,000. It's enough to make anyone say woo! And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Sweet 16, Quinn. The sweet one. Folks, we're reviewing something. Oh, here it is. Oh, this is a freaking disaster (laughs) waiting to happen. (laughs) This was quite an idea, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Lord Alfred. (laughs) Yeah. Lord Alfred's really mixing it up for us this week. (laughs) Back in 1990, someone had the brilliant idea... To put together a uh, TV pilot, which wound up being released as a made-for-TV movie because it sucked yeah. so much. I mean, it's very TV movie-worthy. It's not <laughs> a show-worthy. No. Although you could tell in this that they kind of wanted it to be a show. Oh, like, yeah. You could see the threads An they were going to try to continue. Yeah. drama. <laughs> yeah. And it started... First of all, it was called Tag Team. Tag Team. And it started a team that was never a tag team. Jesse Ventura yep. and Rowdy Roddy Piper. as They're actors now. They're, they're actors. This is... What year is this again? 90. 90. Right around WrestleMania 6. It's very weird because I feel like Piper was just getting back into the WWF and Jesse was on his way out of the Very WWF. strange yeah. timing. Very strange idea. Yeah. Folks, Quinn and I sat down and watched this and... Oh my gosh. And we open with uh, very crappy shots of like a wrestling arena. Yeah, you know, I noted here that I said this looks like shit for 1990 and like why are they making wrestling just like, look so crappy, like, look right? so junky. Yeah. yeah. So we hear the voice of Gene Okerlund and then we cut backstage where inexplicably Roddy has Jesse in an abdominal stretch. Yeah, it's, I think it's supposed to be awkward on purpose, like they're trying to be funny. It was which just is strange because this show isn't really a comedy. No, it's got some humor, but I don't know what they were going for. It's weird. Like if I before like we get off on this, I want to say that the tone of this show was kind of all over the place. Like like you said, at some points they wanted it to be comedy, but at other points it felt like it was filmed like Law and Order or yes, something. Right? It really like, did. It was very strange. Very very strange. So as they're doing these wrestling moves to each other, fucking Craig Hobson from the Wonder Years. Yeah, you know Hobson, the like obscure friend from yeah. like other seasons like not paul but no like, no he's he dated becky slater yeah he's that kid <laughs> if you know the wonder years yeah if you know the wonder years it's craig hobson and he's being craig hobson yeah, like, it's the, like actor. the same thing he's got the stupid hair <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just being craig hobson yeah. he's like taunting them and he lectures them about marketing yeah he's like real wrestlers like are like andre the giant it was his name or whatever yeah like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about i don't know you guys got an image problem wrestling's more than just strength and moves down to a marketing science now, guys. Think about it. Quinn, you noticed uh, wrestling is real right in off this the show. right off the bat. Wrestling is real. Like the moves are they're like actually hurting people. Right, and, like you you win by like beating people up. Yeah, and, like you win. Like, you don't know who's gonna win the match. Yeah. Like it's a real fight. Yeah. Piper has a nice leather vest and tassels, Quinn. Yes, he looks like he's like the ultimate warrior, but <laughs> it's he... weird. Yeah. It's... He's a leather vest and tassels. That's yeah. a weird look for Roddy Piper. And and after that, some lady with more stupid tassels <laughs> with a stupid shirt 
saying they can't like beat the Samurai Brothers tonight. Like they have to throw the match. Like right off the bat, we're throwing in. Yeah, like, it, you're gonna throw it like it's fake. Yeah, like, you can't beat the Samurai Brothers. Something about money. I don't know. They it was very vague. They right? didn't establish who she really was. She just stormed in. She's a heel. She's I, evil. From my understanding, it's either she's dating the owner of the company, like, but here, well, we'll get into it later once the stuff happens. But it's really weird. Piper's yeah. name is Rick. We don't find out his last name just yet, but we will. And so, if they if they lose, they're not allowed to wrestle ever again. Yeah, it made or, n- no. Yes, if that's they win, what, no. If they lose, if or they, is it if they win? No, if they win, and that's what she said. She's like, you'll be out of the business or whatever. <laughs> I think the bottom line is she doesn't like them yeah. regardless. Yeah. Whether they lose or win, now, she's actually, definitely got you, problems. I don't know if you saw it. You know the reason why she said they're not allowed to wrestle again. Why? Because she was going to tell the owner guy that she's dating that they made like sexual advances on her. So she's blackmailing them. Yes. Oh. But the, we don't know why either. They never say either. There's nothing to establish why this weird what? lady with the tassels doesn't like them. Yeah. I don't get it. Piper's acting his ass. Yeah. And I and I said at this point, is this for children or is it law and order? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's hard to tell where they're going with this show. Yeah. So we cut to the ring and it's some guy in the ring as okay. the ring announcer with Mean Gene dubbed in? Yes. It's a different ring. Like, I don't understand. And there's also like commentary and it's like it almost seems like it's supposed to be like over the PA, but it's not- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like Gene Okerlund. You hear him this entire match. Yeah, he's never shown, but he's never shown. Now, the Samurai Brothers are managed by <laughs> what is this note? <laughs> Mr. Saki. Yes, Mr. Saki is what they call him right now. I'm remembering, but it's actually Mr. Fuji. <laughs> it's Mr. Fuji. Even they call him Mr. With hair. Saki and a gi, a yeah. white gi. No hat, no bowler. He's like in like a karate uniform. Yeah. And so the Samurai Brothers, folks, this is even better. Yeah. They're the Orient Express, but with face paint. Yes. And it's the bad Orient Express. Yeah, it's the Sato version. <laughs> Although, I have to say, the, um, what's his head look like the bad company version? Uh, Pat Tanaka. Tanaka was dressed like he was in the bad company version. No shirt. Yeah, he looked good. So their names now are fully <laughs> here, established. Here we go. Roddy Piper is <laughs> Tricky Rick McDonald. What? And this is even better. Yeah. Jesse Ventura is Billy the Body young blood Wait, what's with the last names make no sense I'm whatsoever mcdonald mcdonald and young blood unbelievable and by the way did you notice later in this that the the way mcdonald spelled is that it's the mc is like completely separated from the donald <laughs> yeah it's like mc donald mc donald yeah <laughs> sato has nunchucks yep they're pretty cool looking i'm not gonna lie <laughs> they are so when you as we're watching this horrible match you know because it's a tv show yeah you're just like why is this filmed with a slow-mo camera yeah like everything like all the action scenes where everything was slow-mo it was awful like what's the why i don't know no holds barred rest the wrestling in that was actually shot better it was shot better but it that was. Also was a movie this is a tv movie still <laughs> This is awful. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, pretty honestly. Bad. So, of course, Mr. Saki, Mr. Fuji, yeah. throws salt. Yes. But this is like, here's the thing, is like, if this is real, right? Right. Like, that's like really terrible, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah, what an asshole. Yeah. So, Craig Hobbs is in the crowd. And then I go, is he one of their kids or something? Why is he here? Yeah. Like, why like, is Hobbs in there? Yeah, I don't get it. Why does he have backstage access? They never say. <laughs> and is he in the rest of the episode no! after this? He's never there again. He just heckles them. Then he's in the crowd, and then you never see him again. You would think he's supposed to be their sidekick or something. I know. 
the the post audio on this Quinn is horrible. You yeah. were saying none of it's legit. It's no, all horrible. Every, everything is post. And it's Absolutely bad. everything. It's uh, down in the mean gene and everything. It's bad audio, yeah. too. Yeah. It's really bad. So, so <laughs> Piper makes a comeback with a stick. Then he beats the shit out of Fuji or Saki <laughs> with it. Saki, yeah. <laughs> so then the best is that slow-mo oh, hot yeah. tag. And this is a recurring theme because it's called Tag Team. Yeah, the name of the show is Tag yeah, Team. Yes, anytime they tag... There's like a slow mo of like Close Piper up. like intensely looking at his hand <laughs> and he's tagging him and did they even have a tag noise which was kind of funny after all that I don't, rem- I don't remember hearing a tag noise <laughs> even though they, they made a big deal about the tag <laughs> so tassel lady suit evil she isn't pleased that Rick and Billy are winning no she isn't and remember wrestling's real yeah wrestling's yeah. real so just keep that in mind so somehow I swear <laughs> I didn't notice this you did for the finish. Jesse botches a move in a scripted TV show, and he wins with it. He botches like an elbow drop or something, and he gets oh the pin. God. Awful. Yeah, I, I just the match was bad. I, it, it was, yeah, you know it was typical like cutting around TV wrestling. Yeah, two like, minutes, you know, yeah. it's nothing. But remember then the ladies like associate some guy in a suit, the owner guy or whatever. Yeah, he, is. he makes like the I'm gonna kill like the slash the throat gesture well, to them. She whispers to him, which is to assume she whispered that they like yep. had sex with her or yep. something. Which is they're like it's not true. Yeah. Like, and then he says he's going to kill them, basically. Yeah, basically. So we cut to some dumpy city, and <laughs> Jesse Ventura is on a motorcycle, Piper's in a car. He's following him on his motor. Why? Why don't they just go in the same car together? <laughs> That's weird. So, Quinn, you have a gem of a quote here. I said, so let me guess. They're going to get fired from wrestling somehow, so now they have to fight crime, right? <laughs> That's Quinn's prediction. Yeah, that was my prediction. I didn't, I've never seen this. I didn't even know what it was until Joe, like, just said, we're watching tag team. Yeah. Now, like, folks, I'm like, what? <laughs> just for the record, I have never seen this. I had never seen this either. Yeah. And I didn't, I intentionally did not do any research on it before we watched we, it. We went in blind. We wanted to go in blind. Yeah. We wanted to go in cold. So, Quinn, you noticed that uh, Piper's wearing his They Live clothing. Yeah, he looks exactly like the jean jacket and all that. He's, yeah. He's like, he just, and he's wearing sunglasses. Like, he's They Live, Piper. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're walking up to their, like, apartment building that they share together. Yeah. The acting, honestly, it's really bad, and I'm not just saying that. It's like legit bad. It's like, really it's bad not, acting. Like it's not. We're not like exaggerating. They're it's just, very it's bad. It's just very bad. Yeah, it's no surprise this didn't get picked up for like a <laughs> yeah. show. So we find out they're banned for life. Yeah, I- <laughs> and apparently they live together. Yes. <laughs> so this is weird, right? Like yes. I, we, I thought this part was weird because I was like, aren't they like they're professional wrestlers and they're worried about how they're going to pay rent? They're worried about how they're going to. Why do they live together? <laughs> like what? They like each other, I guess. And they, they, they not dating any women. Neither one of them. They're not married. Nothing. It's they're like very in their, strange. They're like in their forties. Like <laughs> what the fuck is this? Like, and then you're just like. Why does some lady control all of wrestling? Yes. How is just her saying that there there's no other wrestling other than this? It's not even they don't even say it's WWF. It's just like this is wrestling. Yeah. There's no it's all somehow associated and globbed together. And yeah, once this lady speaks to that guy, <laughs> that's you're it. never going in the wrestling. again. <laughs> so so they're like, oh, what are we going to do for a job? So we cut to them. Now they're movers and they're moving yeah. the piano. They move a piano up the stairs. And of course, they drop it. Right. It breaks. But this a brick is great. wall. It come it goes down the stairs and then breaks through a brick wall and lands on their moving truck and it like explodes too. And then Jesse says, Rick, I think we body slammed the truck. Rick, I think we body slammed the truck. So we the lines. <laughs> yeah. There's more of them and they're terrible. So we cut to their dumpy apartment where yeah. 
Jesse is laying down catching grapes this in his mouth. This is another theme because there's other parts, but Jesse likes to eat grapes. So I guess that was supposed to be like a thing like yeah. he's always eating grapes. And Piper's almost never wearing a shirt. No. He so, never wears it. He doesn't like that. So they decide to get their next job, which winds up being self-defense dummies. And who's in that next scene, Quinn? Oh, this is weird. You remember Mimi from the Drew Carey show? Kathy Kinney. They are worthless. They are weak at heart. Really? They can't be touched. call this working with women? Careful. Yes, she is the instructor. At the self-defense class for now, this women. this is before she was Mimi. Like, this is way oh, yeah. before, so she's younger. Yeah, but. Piper keeps saying, my leg. <laughs> <laughs> he does, right? Yeah, He's like, he does. He my does. leg, my, my leg. leg. Yeah. My leg, my leg, my leg. I guess that was his, like, his nerve. <laughs> so they get their asses kicked by the women, of course. Yeah. And then we cut to them buying they're, cookies. And they're at the grocery store together. Buying cookies. Yeah, buying cookies. And, of course, Jesse buys grapes, but not just, like, you know, like the normal bag grapes. He picks up an entire crate of grapes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I gotta go buy some grapes. I love my grapes. Such a great joke, right? <laughs> I mean, that, we could start a whole show about that. <laughs> It's stupid. Piper witnesses a holdup at the register, and then he starts a fight with, with an the, eye poke. Yep, and then and airplanes. airplanes yes. So, so here's the thing: is wrestling. the reason they can beat up people is because they know wrestling and wrestling's real. Yeah, wrestling's real. So, like these moves that, like you know, like Irish whips and stuff like that. That's gonna like that you could use that in a real fight. You can. I'm next gonna try time, that next time. Somebody tries to beat us up. Let's Irish whip them and airplane spin them and all this nonsense. So then, some guy with a gun shows up and threatens Piper. <laughs> Can't believe I'm about to say this. Well, Je- <laughs> Jesse delivers a double axe handle from the top of the freezer. <laughs> yep, he comes right from the background and nails him. Then they throw him into bread, and Quinn's like, "Yeah, that'll show him." Throw him into the bread. Yeah, he like slams him into like a bread display, but it's like it's not one of those like there's a table. It's just like a bunch of bread piled on top of each other. So it's like he's basically throwing him into a couch or something. <laughs> So then more guys appear. Like, what kind of lucrative grocery <laughs> yeah. store is this? It looks like a path all this, all this to steal probably, like, $35. Like, what the fuck? Why is there, like, a whole team yeah. of associates robbing this place? And they get out of there. Yeah. They, they're like, let's get out of here. <laughs> and then, <laughs> this is great. They throw a dumpster into, like, a bunch of, like, a recycling of cans. And it, like, collapses on them. And that's kind of how it knocks them out or whatever. And they beat up the bad guys. Yeah. And the cops that come to arrest the bad guys, they recognize the wrestlers and they get all happy. So I watch you all the time, yeah. like all this. So they decide to become cops. Yep. Uh, this is the worst premise ever, I say. <laughs> so we take a commercial break. This luckily had commercials. Yes, we get a so McDonald's ad for steak dudes. Sauteed onions, mighty fine dining. And we get a Frosted Flakes commercial with Dick Congressman. Dick and- Congressman <laughs> and really bad 80s clothes on that woman. That's <laughs> yeah, a weird-ass Frosted Flakes yeah. commercial. It's, it's for adults. Yes. It's like, it's, it's like uh, Boku or whatever. <laughs> Frosted Flakes taking the Boku angle. <laughs> then we get a VIX 44M cough medicine. What the hell is that? I don't know. It was serious, that commercial. <laughs> Wild Cherry Lifesavers. Yep. Uh, Wheat Thins with, I f- what's her name? Sandy. I don't know that lady. Sandy with the Duncan. High, the lady with the high pitch voice. Yes, yeah, Sandy Duncan. I, I, that's I, her name. I like, I like <laughs> Wheat Thins. Crack. I mean, eat them because they're delicious, and you miss the whole point. Like, literally. And that's, Oat Thins. Yeah, Oat Thins. What the fuck? I've never seen Oat Thins. I must've, they must have got rid of that early on. Yeah, like this show. So we, <laughs> we we come back to the show where now we're at a police academy with a very stern lady. 
Yeah, you know she stinks. She stinks. I don't know. She seemed pretty nice. Some guys named Wong because they <laughs> yeah, have their names on they, the front I of their all shirts. Their names. That's when I noticed the MC Donald. Yeah, and then <laughs> so there's Young Blood and McDonald standing next to each other with Wong. Yeah, with Wong and Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah. So they have to run five miles. Yep. Then we just cut randomly to some lady walking like twelve dogs. Yep. And then what happens, Quinn? Um. So. <laughs> What happens is, is one of the dogs runs away into a parking garage. Yeah. And then these two jerks run in, and two more pull up in a car, and someone gets shot. So she witnesses a murder, basically. We don't know who got shot. Yeah. We just know that there's four jerks in a po- parking now, garage. I think they say later. We, I don't we know find we, out. We yeah, just don't okay. know yet. Yeah. So we go back to the police academy in some like crappy obstacle course. Yeah, we're cutting all over the place, because it's nighttime when the lady's doing this, but they're in the daytime. It makes no sense, yeah. the timeline here. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, it was nighttime with the dog walking late. I guess it's the next day at the Academy. I, I don't know. Well, we're, anyway. We're jumping back and forth in time here. They use their wrestling skills to complete the obstacle course. Like, they- Yeah. <laughs> this is funny. Like, the way they're dressed, I noted, it's like they're in the NWA, but not the National Wrestling Line. It's like the, the rap ba- group. The rap group. Yeah. Yes, with from the, hats the 80s. And, yeah, yes. Well, <laughs> like, with the black sweaters and, like, <laughs> yes, yeah, and, the, and white white sneakers. They, they look, look like at, they look like Ice Cube or Easy yeah, or something. every single one of them looks like the NWA. <laughs> like, it's amazing. So they kick ass at this obstacle course, and then Jesse kills it in the shooting range. Yes, you know why? Because he was a, a Marine, U.S. Navy SEAL or yes, whatever. Yes, they use that in they, the show. That's actually in canon in the show. Yep. So then we cut to a police lineup, and it was actually, we find out, two undercover cops that got shot. Right, so she saw it. And the acting's horrible, even for non Like, yeah. the, the, just the regular actors suck. Yeah, it's not just Piper. Craig Hobson and Kathy Kinney yeah. are the two best actors on the show so far. Already. And they're already gone. And they're never in the show again. That's it. So we cut back to their apartment where Piper's all worried about not passing his test. His so, police test, yeah. So then, like, Jesse starts throwing out, like, wrestling questions. Remember right. that? He asked him about Giant Baba, Hogan, Warrior, Jake the Snake, all these names. That all happens. But why didn't he ask him about Roddy Piper? Because Roddy That's Piper. That's a paradox. Yeah, see? well, there is no Roddy Piper. There's Ricky McDonald or whatever. So then who did Hogan feud with in 85? In this universe. Not Ricky McDonald, because he was tagging with Jesse the Body, so I don't know. Maybe that just never happened. Mm. It's That is a weird paradox. Thank you. I wonder if there's Who's somehow... announcing all these matches? <laughs> well, yeah, you, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if they're somehow like related to, like, what's that show? St. Elsewhere? What is it called? <laughs> St. Elsewhere with the Globe or whatever? <laughs> yeah, Tommy Westfall. Oh. Is this in that universe somehow? I'm trying yeah. to think. What Do we have any Is Hulk Hogan in, in that universe? <laughs> he might... <laughs> Did he guest star in Cheers or anything weird? No. Uh, it's possible still. It we'll figure is this possible. Out. Yeah, we it could is fig- possible. It could be in the Tommy Westfall universe. So basically, Je- what Jesse just did is he used all this wrestling knowledge to make Piper realize that he also has police knowledge and he'll be fine. Right, that he can memorize things and he's not an idiot. Yeah, so we cut to the test <laughs> Yeah, this is funny. Piper's mumbling like all these wrestling names. He says like classy, Freddy Blassie. I'm like, no, you were supposed to memorize like the police <laughs> stuff. How does like memorizing the he has to remind himself that he can remember stuff that's yeah. not related to this. <laughs> it's so weird. So he can remember the stuff for this. I'm so confused. No sense. So they pass. They get their uniforms. <laughs> yeah, their hats look so dumb. They look stupid. Yeah, they look like idiots. So then we cut again all over the place with the scene cuts here. Yeah, it's weird. And they're really not a lot of exposition. No. So we cut to some mob guy office and he's like yelling at the cronies that killed the cops. 
Right. Basically, they have to get rid of the lady. Who She's a dog walker. It. She's a dog walker. Her That's her actual profession. He puts a $10,000 bounty on the dog walker. Don't you think that's a little high for a bounty on a dog walker lady? Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous, right? That's very ridiculous. Shouldn't she be an easy kill? You would think. Yeah. But not when Jesse Ventura, well, excuse me, uh, Billy the Body. Billy <laughs> Young the Blood. Body Heenan. What, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like what it should. Young Blood, I hate that last name, by the way, because first of all, that's a wrestler last yes, name. Yes, it is. And second of all, it makes no sense after Billy the Body Young Blood. It should be like Billy the Body Beamy. I, I, something that like goes together. I you know? understand what you, you mean. You know what I mean? Yes. I seen that didn't come out right, but you know what I mean. No, it didn't. Yeah. So we cut to <laughs> we cut to the tag team, you know, the yep. two of them rolling up to the police station on their first day and of course it's like a big zoo in there, yeah, you know, yeah, stereotypical. Typical, yeah. Blah, everyone's blah, blah. busy. Yeah. So the stern lady has been promoted from lieutenant to captain. Yeah. And the first order of business Quinn is what? Witness protection. The dog walker. They have to protect the dog. <laughs> Back to the mob, mob guy. His name is Mr. Riker. Yeah, what is he Star from? Trek. Star Trek? <laughs> Commander Riker over here. You got a commercial for Dexatrim. I forgot about that crap. I don't even remember that at all. That was the, the, the pill that made you lose weight, right? Yeah. But then you remember this Halls commercial? Yes, there's the Halls. Like It was like almost like a video game of like floating Zordon heads in a hall like of people coughing and they got better. The floating head Zordon heads got better. Then there's a very stern Rollades commercial where they're like, we're better. Better than Tums. Yeah, they like smash a Tums <laughs> with a Rolaids bottle. They're like, fuck Tums. And, they're like, <laughs> and, they're like, and we're salt free. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> you don't have sugar, we don't have salt. Extra strength Rolaids antacid. Stronger because it has more calcium carbonate. More than any Tums tablet. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. American, <laughs> American Music Awards. It's the only it's only the 18th at that point, which is I thought was weird. Yeah. Uh, it just sounded like a bad lineup. Yeah. Norwegian cruise commercial. And this is ABC Pittsburgh. Yeah, we're watching this in ABC Pittsburgh. We get a mini news update. Yes, that was really weird. Something about they're like talking about the war in Iraq. And then they're like, on a lighter note, the weather is snowy or something <laughs> like. And they just keep going on. You're like, why is this like like a minute long? Like, yeah. So we cut, cut to a house where Jesse's wandering around. I guess it's supposed to be a stakeout. They're, they're on the stakeout. The lady's in the house. So they're watching They're over. waiting for the bad guys. They're waiting for the bad guys to show up. Their partners that are there, there's these two other cops in suits, and they're ultra assy. They don't like Jesse and Billy or whatever their names are, Bimmy and Jimmy. Yeah, they're like the most stereotypical, stupid, like, they're like, oh, let's read the paper, and who cares? This job sucks, and blah, blah, blah. And, I, and then I said, what are they going to do next? Whip out a donut box and, like, you know, like, just start being like every stereotype in the book right here with yeah. the cops. Speaking of stereotypes, the bad guys roll up in a shitty van. Yep. Yes, right. <laughs> but it has a car phone. You notice yeah, that? It does have a car phone. Uh, I, they, I guess, honestly, I think they just need a plot device so that they could call back to their boss. And they're like, well, car phones exist. <laughs> yeah. They don't exist in shitty vans, but they exist here. It's worse than the Home Alone van that Harry and Marv it have. It is bad. It's, it's actually It's actually worse. like just brown and like yeah. just boring and Very shitty. bad. Yeah. Um, one of these bad guys I noticed looks like Bart Gunn. Like <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really know. The mustache version That's from funny. like 93. Yeah. So the dog lady, they go up. To <laughs> I like your note here. Dog lady talks to tag team for a while. <laughs> they go up to her room and she's just yeah. like hanging out. It's yeah. like she doesn't even care. Yeah, she's like, I don't need this. <laughs> like what? She doesn't care that there's four cops in her yeah. house and that people are after her. She's just hanging out. She mentions how she collects dogs. Yeah. This really looks like the WrestleMania 6 it's, Jesse Ventura. I mean, it's the same time period, right? Yeah. So the Bozo cops. Yeah. Somebody knocks on the door. Yeah. The Bozo cops answer the door, yep. 
and it's the goons, one of which is dressed like a mailman. Yeah, they saw the mailman while they were in the crappy truck, and they, I guess, abducted him and t- stole his costume. Because that's not a stereotype. Yeah, it's stupid. But the Marx Brothers write this, yeah. and they throw bi- <laughs> the mailman guy throws a big bunch of sidekicks at the two other cops. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no karate. It's weird. Because they're villains. Yeah. They always know karate. Well, I mean, also, Mr. Saki. They might have learned from him, oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. you know what? Yeah. He knows all the martial arts. Yep, he does. So there's a big standoff with guns, and then Jesse... <laughs> yeah, this is great. So the the one he's like, there's like a standoff like with this guy with the sawed off shotgun, and the way Jesse takes him down is he's standing on the the rug in the room or whatever. So Jesse actually pulls the rug out from under him, and he trips. Literally, and they like get him. As Gorilla would say, "Oh, he pulled the rug out from under yeah, him." Yeah, literally throws the rock, uh, the the rug out from under yeah. him. Literally did that. Yeah. And then they throw him out the window. Yeah, they throw. I'm, I'm like, oh, that's nice of them to break this lady's fucking window in her house. It's like a huge window too. It's not like some tiny window. It's like a bay window. It's large. Why did they throw him out the window? Know. And then Dog Walker runs away, and the mailman is a dickwad and leaves as well. <laughs> yeah. And then like this extended plot for no reason. Like, why would she leave? Yeah. Like the, the house could have been fu- it. They defended her just fine. This like, could have been over. Yeah. Why did the show have to continue here? There was no reason. And this is like a half an hour in already. Yeah, this is an hour. Yeah. Ugh. So the search for Dog Lady now begins. We're in Act B. Yeah. And Tag Team gets suspended. By the Stern Lady. Yeah. For nothing, really. They're like, you did it wrong. Like, <laughs> Basically. Yeah, like, what? They beat the shit out of the bad guys, and she ran away. They didn't tell... They, like, tried to tell her, don't go anywhere. I know. She didn't listen to them. And they get suspended. Now, we cut to a commercial. Quinn, this is I found interesting. It's a commercial for Lipton Onion Soup Mix, but it's, like, advertising that you should use it with a pot roast. Yeah, that was weird, right? I, I have never put onion soup in a pot roast. Me either. I, I There's a bunch of... Do you notice they, like, grouped a lot of stuff here, like... For example, in the last one, it was all, like, medicine, and this is all food. We get Lowry's Garlic Powder. A garlic powder commercial? What? Is that new? Garlic powder? Was it? Yeah, I don't know. And then triamenic, and that stuff tasted like shit. I've never had it, so. But (laughs) apparently, it's just like the alternate Dimetap. Yeah, I I said it's the shitty Dimetap, basically. (laughs) And then there's a Crest commercial that makes your teeth better. Yeah, it goes down to the root, apparently. Domino's 30th anniversary is coming up. Yeah, right that's here, right. And, and uh, you, you could order a large pizza at a regular price and get a medium with your favorite toppings. 30 cents. Get it? Get it? 30th yeah. anniversary. Yeah. It, I mean, Domino's. I can't believe they were 30 already in 1990. That's crazy. Wow. So 1960, huh? Yeah. Damn. I didn't know it was that old. So then there's a commercial for a show. Remember, this is ABC. <laughs> I do not remember this. Premiering after the Super Bowl, by the way. Damn. <laughs> Lucky people. Yeah. Davis Rules, starring Randy Quaid? <laughs> I've never heard... Cousin I, Eddie? Listen, we know a lot about sitcoms, and I've Especially never, ABC. Yeah, and I've never heard of this. This must have got canceled after, like, eight episodes or something. Still did better than this show. Yeah. So yeah. We well, cut. this didn't make it past this, so... <laughs> we cut back to tag team. They're in the bathroom. Piper... No shirt. No shirt. He doesn't getting, like, like shirts. like, changed after their big stakeout. So he basically suggests they become ranch hands. Yeah, like I'm gonna quit now. They weren't they didn't they become cops today? 
yeah. They say, like, they keep saying this is their first day and all this. It's like, did they go to the police academy also in one day? Because they never show any other days but the obstacle. Like, did all of this happen today? And then Piper's like, I really feel like we're starting to fit in. Yeah, they didn't even, they've been <laughs> there for hours. No one likes them either. Yeah, what, yeah, what are I, they fitting what into? What is he talking about? <laughs> He's just really stupid. I guess that was his gimmick in this. Yeah, and then Jesse realizes, because Piper says, like, fitting in or something. Well, the dog lady had given them a, a clue. Speech. A clue, yeah, yeah. when she was talking to them up there, and she had mentioned about how she likes to go to the pound sometimes. To collect dogs. First, I have to address this dog lady. Go ahead. Is being a, like, dog walker, like, a job where you could afford a big house like she had, like, <laughs> she's single, and, like, you're so obsessed with dogs that, like, you go to the pound to pet them all day? Like, what? Something off about her, no? That is totally true. Yeah, I did, it didn't bother you, this it, whole thing? It bothered me, and I couldn't tell if she was 18 or 31. Yes, it was confusing. <laughs> she acted like a child, but she's also, like, a... You lives know, in she, her own house, you yeah, know, it's li- very strange. Very weird. Very, yeah, very, very weird. weird. So what do they do? They steal an undercover car from their own they, cop It's supposed friend. to be the chief's car, which I think is the stern lady, even though yeah. she said she was a captain. They, it, it is her car, but like they say chief. Yeah, Someone messed up. Yeah, it was weird. Because that, that Tyler guy that was being a big jerk to them before, like it's his first day too. And because he's such an idiot, they have him just watch the car all day. Yeah, and then they're like running reds in yeah. it. Quinn's like, hey, is this L.A.? Why did they need to steal this? Doesn't Jesse and Roddy have a bike and and a car? Like, what? How many vehicles they have to steal her car to go get to the dog pound? I guess so. So Jesse, of course, does perfect parallel parking. He does like a drift into Into, the parallel parking. It's stupid. So we enter the pound. Woof woof. Yeah. And yep, she is there. Of course she is. She's got. She's next to a dog with his legs broke, and she's got hit by a car. So it says dogs get hit by cars all the time in this town. And this, yeah, so they pick her up. They take her to the courthouse? Yeah, so here's the thing. This is what's so weird. So all of this happened all today, right? Yes, their first day as cops. So, and and they need her because she needs to be the witness, right? I guess. There's a trial the same day. the trial is today, and she needs to be in the courthouse right now, or they're, like, fucked. Like, I guess. I don't, why is the trial now? Nothing even happened. They don't have anybody. I don't get it. It's really, really weird. But their plans start to get foiled because shitty Van pulls in right after them and starts chasing them, so Tag Team jumps off of an awning onto the bad guys. (laughs) But then, of course, Quinn, karate kicking by the bad guy. One of them is, is karate kicking them and fighting and all this. So we get an Irish whip, yes, an Irish whip by Jesse to to the bad guy into the wall. This is at the courthouse, right? <laughs> yes, outside and, of it. Right, and here's, did you notice this, because I didn't see it in the notes, but there's also, these trees are tied down to ropes, and at yes. one point, one of them, like, bounces off of it to, yes. like, clothesline someone. What? There's Irish whips and, and like, moves off the ropes. I don't <laughs> get how this, this, this idea in this show... That, like, they use, like, real wrestling, like, and that, like, there would be times in, like, real fights where you would, like, there would be ropes set up and, like, things where you would need to fight people with wrestling. But do you notice the parallel, Quinn? Because Jesse gets salt yep. thrown at him just like they're used to in yep. the ring. He gets salt thrown this in his is, eyes because this this is every fight. This is a day at the office for them. Yeah. Then leaf bags get involved. Yeah, Jesse blocks a punch with a leaf bag. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's going to block it. Dog Lady is watching the whole time, just like Craig Hobson was watching yeah. the whole time. And she's on top of the awning, by the way, that they jumped off. I was waiting for her to get involved. Yeah, I thought she was going to jump on them and that was going to save them. But <laughs> So Piper, yes, yeah. gets a back body drop yep. on one of the bad guys after an Irish whip into the fence. Yep. <laughs> and then the best part of this the show. This is the best part. Piper hot tags <laughs> to help Jesse. The hot tag. He, hot tag in slow-mo. Yes. Why, why would you need to tag someone in a fight? There's no rules. There's no fucking rules. Why are they tagging? He tags them because that's what they're used to. Oh my god. And then tag team just wins that fight. Yep. That's <sighs> it. Yeah. We cut to the courthouse. The epilogue. The yeah. captain's all happy. Yep. And then we get an oatmeal crisp commercial. <laughs> yeah, oatmeal crisp commercial. Some, something about how like adults don't like oatmeal and his yeah. mom doesn't think he's going to like it. But it's like an adult in suspenders. Yeah, like, it's stupid. Sugar, Very yuppie. Yeah. Then there's a sugar-free dentine commercial with the boy's head the boy, ham. You're going to like dentine. <laughs> you're going to like you're dentine. You're going to kiss your girlfriend on Lover's Lane <laughs> with dentine ice. For those of you who avoid sugar, now there's sugar-free dentine. Same great taste same fresh breath at lookout point yeah you might need some sugar-free dentine and another boar's head ham yeah (laughs) then another extreme mcdonald's like (laughs) steak steak sandwich sandwich. they're really pushing yeah like extreme motocross or skiing (laughs) or some raisinets um raining um, raining from from the the sky sky commercial kids are messy so get tied yep look at this sock it sucks uh, yeah it's basically like look at this sock now look at this socks it sucks less but look at it with tied it's white (laughs) damn it Bills versus Giants in the Super Bowl, Quinn. Yep, that's coming up. And we're back to the tag team apartment. Yeah, and shirtless Jesse this time yep. answers the door for Dog Lady. But then, of course, Quinn, shirtless Piper emerges. Right, and the dog jumps on him. The dog that with the leg, the bad leg. So so this lady is giving them this dog, right? So really what they wanted here was probably the dog was going to be like their partner. Companion. Yeah, not Hobson, but the dog. Yeah, the dog. <laughs> I thought of that at the end here. I was like, wait a second. They had Hobson. They did have Hobson. He was their, like, he was like their mascot, and now they have yeah. this dog. And what do they name the dog? Body, Body slam. slam. In unison, they oh say it. Body Slam. God. That's and- the end of the show. You noted it was unbelievably horrible. I thought it was horribly entertaining. That's the thing, though. It was. Yeah, it was actually horribly entertaining. We got a kick out of that. It was better than that. that action zone. It was better than that action zone. <laughs> yeah. I recommend this. I do, too. It's an This is recommended. It's interesting that they tried this, I think. I think it's yeah. weird, too, that it's it's a strange take. It's like the after mags of TV, like where wrestling is real. Yeah. Like this could have been an after story. Jesse Ventura and Roddy Piper save dog walking lady. You know what I mean? And then a choir dog partner body slam written by David Rosenbaum. Yeah. (laughs) Or one of those guys. Yeah. Craig Peters. What a doozy. What a doozy. But you know what? If you have an hour to kill, and you like retro commercials, too? Yeah. Check it out. 58 minutes. It's under an hour. Fuck it. It's on YouTube. It's not on that channel that we won't name. No, it's not. There's actually a couple versions on YouTube. We chose the one with commercials. Yeah, we wanted to. We wanted the real deal. Here. Yeah, we uh, like the commercials. I wanted the ABC Pittsburgh broadcast. So <laughs> Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, Bruno Sammartino was there. <laughs> Larry Zavisco, yeah. I wandered into his house his and watched that show with him. Yeah. Mm, New World Order. wandered into this show. Yeah. And it was quite something. New world owner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> so, Quinn, yeah, you're you're with me. You would recommend that? I would recommend it. Yeah, I it, think so. It wasn't it wasn't so horrible. It, it didn't. 
at first I didn't feel like it was flying by, but then by the end it kind of just did. So. Yeah, the second half is actually better. Yeah, it is. It's you don't know where they're going or what's going on for the first half. <laughs> it's a weird plot. Then it starts to come together. But speaking of coming together, folks, we want to continue to do weird reviews. So send us recommendations. Yeah, we're we're up for anything. We're up really. for anything. Tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You could also, of course, email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, we have OVPpodcast.com, right? Yeah, the website, the dot com. And we're also on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, Blueberry, TuneIn, TuneIn, all those things. Player.fm. You can find us pretty much anywhere. Place to be. Place to be. Folks, we'll see you in February. Yeah. Have a good rest of your month. Couple days left here. Yeah. Have a good rest of your day. Quinn, great talking to you as always. A great little week. Yeah, great absolutely. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, we got all kinds of stuff all over here. All kinds of yeah. stuff over here at OVP. Folks, yeah. we want to hear from you. Let us know any suggestions, any comments, any complaints. Give us a review on iTunes, Give too. us a review on iTunes, too. We'd really appreciate that, because Colt Cabana, we're coming for you. We're coming for you, buddy. We'll see you next week, folks. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Children of all ages. A lot of people have been asking me about what happened last Tuesday night on ECW and why my sudden departure Who cares? from the broadcasting table. First of all, let me just say that in essence I lost my cool and I need to apologize, number one, to my partner, tremendous, tremendous individual, tremendous wrestler, but a tremendous guy, Taz, I didn't mean to leave you in the lurch. And I also apologize to all of you, the great ECW fans. Will you, Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.